And here we go. The Sprithless Goose. <laughs> I don't apocalypse on Shabbos. <laughs> Trump Shabbos. <laughs> I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs> yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science. But yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more views. I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Give me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moviegoers of all ages, welcome to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Mr. 1982 himself. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a movie past or present absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Don't be crazy, Justin. That's all I know how to be, bro. Hey, man. I'm loco. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a couple weeks. Dude, I know. I was on vacation getting tan. I am no longer the worst Armenian in the world. (laughs) I I have color. (laughs) Check that out. You have some color. Yeah. yeah. And then and then I Hey I'll white, white is a color, right? I'm pretty pale, Dan. You are pale. You are you are that's a, a Washington white. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like Twilight. I glitter when it's sunny out. Like we're talking. I sparkle. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I like I don't know. The the the, the Twilight vampires are nice and all, but I like the Anne Rice vampires <laughs> that like to have the intercourse on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. oh man. Oh yeah, too soon. Oh. Sorry. Mm. I'm, but yeah. I'm more of a Lost Boys vampire kind of guy. <laughs> now we're talking. Mullets and saxophones. Yeah, I like, speaking of saxophone, I love that dude. <laughs> like, I still believe. Sex, sexy sax player. Dude, I text that picture to, to Randy Van Dyke from mm-hmm. Geek Legacy all the time. It's just it's just my favorite. Like him just blowing and going to town. I saw a Christmas sweater that had that and said, I still believe. And I was like, I need this in my life. This That's is a not great even a Christmas movie. I know, but the idea of believing in Santa Claus is fantastic. That's true. <laughs> and he's so ripped. I love how 80s saxophone is like a thing. He's got like leather pants, a mullet, and he's got like no shirt and he's just fist bumping. Oh yeah. And he's super ripped. <laughs> he's just super ripped on a beach. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you get strong holding a saxophone all day too. Instruments are heavy. That's why they always set them down when they're not used. Bill, Bill Clinton was ripped. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. <laughs> he's the suit. So is Lisa Simpson. Lisa? <laughs> she was a competitive arm wrestler. Oh, yeah. You better believe it, Buster. Oh, man. What movie are we doing today, Justin? Today we are going to do Warrior from 2011. This is Gavin O'Connor, the, the miracle man himself. Mr. Gavin O'Connor. Warrior, bang, bang. <laughs> That's the only part of the song I know. Yeah. <laughs> Good, Warrior, yes. Yeah. I'm very excited for this one. Me too. You know what's funny is I didn't see this movie in the theater. Um, I caught it on Netflix late at night. I was, I was all alone with my thoughts, and it was like around midnight, and I had nothing to do, and I popped it in. Not popped it in, but I turned it on, and I, I watched it. And this was several years ago. This was back in like 2012 or so. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I was blown away. I was like, holy shit. And at the end, when the music's playing and 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 they're walking off stage, like, I'm getting all teary-eyed. I'm very emotional. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I never had a brother, but... What are these feelings I feel? If I did, I would certainly not want to beat the shit out of him in a ring. 
or an octagon, as it were. Well, I, I do have a brother, and yes, we we did want to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> so I can I can totally relate with with said movie. Sure, but but yeah. Um, so directed by Gavin O'Connor. Um, as I was joking earlier, he did do the movie Miracle, which was fantastic. Oh, love that movie my, so much. My spirit animal Kurt Russell stars in that movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, he also did The Accountant, which I had no idea. And I actually watched that one on a on a whim. I was like super sick and dead in bed, and and I was like, "All right, Mr. Affleck, make me feel better." <laughs> and, and he did. I was pleasantly surprised. I say that to Ben Affleck all the time. <laughs> That's why I watch Justice League nonstop. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> um, you know, I haven't seen too many of um, Mr. O'Connor's films, mm-hmm. um, but. Of the three that I have, those being Warrior, The Accountant, and Miracle, um, I'm a fan. <laughs> I saw Pride and Glory, and that one was okay. It wasn't it wasn't as good as what I wanted. Is that the be. cop movie? Yeah, with Edward Norton That's and right. um, what's his name? Uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, or not him? Not Johnny Depp. Colin Fer- Colin Farrell. Oh yeah, phone booth. Yeah, phone booth. <laughs> we we know him around these parts as <laughs> phone booth. booth. <laughs> And we're not talking about Kifa, <laughs> Kifa Sutherland. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I I enjoyed Miracle as much, and so I'm glad that it kind of carried over to this movie too, like the same style that Gavin Connor does. Yeah, like inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the film stars Joel Edgerton, who was Lars from, or no, Uncle Uncle, Uncle Owen. Is it Uncle? Yeah, Lars Owen. Is that his name? Yeah, Lars Owen. Yeah, okay. You're right, Uncle Owen, but yeah, it's Lars Owen. Yeah. <laughs> creepy Uncle. Creepy, creepy Uncle Owen. Blue Milk <laughs> Blue Milk Owen. Yeah, uh, then he was also in It Comes at Night, which is... I fucking hate that movie one of the, so much. Yeah, it's one of the worst. I hate that movie. My buddy Matt loves that movie. And when I was in Austin, I was talking about it, and I was like, dude, this movie fucking sucks. He's like, you're wrong, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what... You know, we can argue all day, like, what makes the movie good or bad, but for a movie where nothing happened, oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to have to chalk that one up as to... Stab me in the eye, I please. didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. But I'm a fan of Joel Edgerton. I like that guy a lot. He's, he's made some pretty sweet movies, um, aside from It Comes at Night. Um, then Mr. Tom Hardy. You know, he's Bane. <laughs> yeah, he's Tom Hardy's one of those guys that likes roles where you can't understand a goddamn thing he says. And in, in what was the movie? Dunkirk. The, Dunkirk. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like whenever Trump has an interview outside the White House and it's like fifty helicopters and jets going on outside. The lawnmower. <laughs> that's what it feels like when I watch yeah. a Tom Hardy movie. It's so hard to hear. I know. I kept last night when I was watching. I, I had to keep turning the volume up. But then it'd be like, and I'm like, oh god, please. <laughs> that's that's the creep theme. If, people, you, people if you're tone deaf, like, why the hell do they keep doing that? <laughs> so Justin likes to make random sounds, and he sent me a Snapchat of him watching Creed two, doing the motivational, but a very. <laughs> Oh, and Alex, she sure does love that when he does that. Oh, yeah. She's uh, not a fan. As, as I know all of you guys are, to my, my amazing my amazing radio voice. It's a good day. <laughs> no more good Charlotte. No more good Charlotte. They are bad Charlotte in this house. <laughs> then you also got the Nick Nolte there, the loudest 
whisper yeller ever. <laughs> Another 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Jennifer Morrison. Woo! Oh, yeah. She was on Once The House. Time. And she was on Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah. And The Once Upon a Time. <laughs> she's good. Yeah, no, she's fantastic. But Nick, going back to Nick Nolte really fast. Um, he's a guy that's been making motion picture shows since the dawn of time. And I've never really like flock to his movies you know there's some actors where they make a movie and I'm like oh gotta go see it I don't care if it's good or bad it's just something I do um and Nick Nolte is just one of those ones that I didn't necessarily stay away from but I just never really found joy in a lot of his movies and um but there's a few like I like Mulholland Falls and mm -hmm. you know you mentioned 48 Hours another 48 Hours sure but um oh what about um uh Counselor Cape Fear oh yeah that's dude a good Cape Fear is excellent yeah um but this movie Holy smokes! Mm -hmm. He he blew me away. Mm -hmm. um, he definitely. I, I, you can argue all day long whether you are for or against the Academy Awards, but this is a movie and a performance that certainly merits recognition for his acting talents. I, hundred percent agree. One hundred. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear that, because we we tend to be. Uh, at odds with each other. <laughs> Pretty polarizing there. You just have no idea what's good, and it offends me. I'm going to look it up who he lost to. But yeah, uh, Jennifer Morrison, she was fantastic in this movie. She's playing um, Joel Edgerton's wife. And um, you can just see the sheer terror on her face when her husband's getting the shit kicked out of him on a regular basis. And then um, Frank Grillo. This is a guy that's... He's, uh, he's a pretty sweet dude, man. He's, he's a buff... Buff actor, <laughs> crossbones. Yeah, he's uh, he's the bad guy in the the MCU. You thought he was a good guy, but you know, in like five seconds into spoiler alert, into uh, what Winter, was it? Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, you're the like best, oh, the best Marvel movie there is, hands down. Sorry, I said it. Yeah, you're like oh, this guy's gonna be bad. Yeah, it's all good. Um, but yeah. Oh, and then lastly, the principal, Kevin Dunn. This is a guy that is... He was the dad in tra the Transformer movies. I think he is so funny. He's this actor that... You see him in a hundred movies. You probably don't even know his name. But you recognize him immediately. And he is just a scene stealer. He is always really good at capturing emotion. Just being a funny guy. And the man cracks me up in everything that he's in. So when I saw him at the time... I didn't even remember his name. Just like, just like all of you. You're like, who the hell is Kevin Dunn? Yeah, he's the dad in Transformers, and he is so freaking funny. And he actually, even though he's only in like five scenes in this entire movie, it they're all fantastic. And that's all I got. Thanks. Critically, what do we do? <laughs> so, so the viewers, the, the 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 audience seems to enjoy this movie. Mm -hmm. Critics, it seems like it's. It's still up there, but there's a lot of people out there that had some bad things to say. Like one one Rotten Tomato thrower says, grainy, handheld cinematography, can't lend authenticity into the forced emotion. <laughs> Couldn't disagree Bullshit. more. <laughs> yeah, I know we're going to talk about that later. But. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty mean. <laughs> Versus, you know, on the flip side you have, it's three leads certainly deserve consideration for their artfulness in being able to infuse it with... Uh, what is that? In, in, I'm sorry. I clicked the wrong button and I ruined <laughs> everything. Uh, long story short, this critic liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my fault. 
I, uh, I zigged when I should have zagged on that. <laughs> I got a 71 out of 100 for Metacritic, so take that for what it's worth on Metacritic. But sure. IMDb, rat- IMDb ratings were 8.2 out of 10, which is good. Yeah. Like, based off of what we've seen, that's good. But that's the thing. So then I'll segue into this. It didn't do well in the box office, Justin. It, it, it didn't even make its money back worldwide, right. which is weird because the budget was only $25 million. I mean, only. I got that in my wallet. Yeah, I, I won that on a scratcher last week. <laughs> uh, mega, mega millions. Um, but $25 million, uh, it only made opening weekend $5.2 million, So that Ouch. is not good. Um, Wait, five, was it a million or was it? No, it's $5.2 million. Yeah. All right, it wasn't $5.200. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's <laughs> a lot more hundreds than that. Uh, and it grossed $24 million worldwide. So I think a lot of it was... Was it in a lot of theaters, though? Um, I mean, was a it, decent amount. I like, just think, like around 2000 I think the marketing wasn't as big as what it was because this followed in vain, or not in vain, but it followed in suit of, of The Fighter. It's, it's a similar style movie about brothers who have these tragic pasts that they have to overcome some familial issues, right? Right. Um, you have a, a strong mother or father who's who's agitating them and getting in the way of, of what they're trying to do. Yeah, like a, like a hive of bees. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's even filmed kind of the same way, that gritty kind of handheld... Um, That's the East Coast, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I grew up in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's cold and gray. Yeah, they got the Steelers and everything. But Yeah, I got mills. <laughs> so many when was the last time you drove past the mill? <laughs> Just the other day. No. <laughs> um, Why you got to ruin everything? <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so I, I I can see why it didn't necessarily it was technically a failure, but yeah, on paper, yeah, um, which is where it counts. <laughs> um, yeah, but a couple interesting trivia pieces. Uh, so the fighting from a from a technical aspect, and I'm a professional MMA fighter sure. on, on the side. Um, but <laughs> it uh, no no they, they did a really good job, and, and the fights felt authentic. They didn't feel incredibly staged there were some points when it got kind of jarring that you couldn't really see what was going on but it was cool seeing a lot of the moves that they were using and the real kind of physicality i mean both tom hardy and joel edgerton got got in good shape for this for this movie they both look like they were were tough um tom hardy looks like a farm animal pumped with a bunch of chemicals (laughs) (laughs) like you know when you just see like that giant needle go into like a turkey breast or something and then they just inject fluid into it and then it gets really big that's that's Tom Hardy's Tom Hardy's traps Jesus Christ they're huge Um, so they actually so Joel Edgerton actually tore his MCL in the cage during production Um, it halted the fight scenes for six weeks and Tom Hardy also suffered a broken toe broken ribs and a broken finger and a broken vocal cord (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm talking too much Um, the fight promoter uh, who who creates the Sparta uh, battles or what a tournament. And, and Sparta is the tournament. Spartan Sparta tournament. Yeah. yeah. That's actually Gavin O'Connor. Leonidas. Um, that's actually Gavin O'Connor, the director. So he makes it, he puts a little cameo in there for himself, which I thought was really neat. Are you a fan of that? Do you like it when? I mean, not in the M Night Shyamalan okay, yeah, point of view. Yeah, not in that pretentious M Night Shyamalan bullshit where right. he's like, 
oh, hey, look at the newspaper that says death is upon the world, <laughs> and we should look for right. that. More, more of a, of a just sort of a stand-in. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, it, it didn't really, it didn't really do anything to the story differently. They just needed a, a face, for right. A promoter, and yeah. Okay, like, hey, he's bald. He'll make a good promoter. <laughs> he's like that other MMA guy. Dana <laughs> quiet. We're having quiet cake. <laughs> um. Yeah, and there was, uh, they actually filmed in Pittsburgh for certain things, um, so I thought that that was fun. I'm always a sucker for filming on location. Yeah, um, that's like, something that the Rocky films did, obviously. It gives that authenticity to a role, um, especially like an underdog role where it's not <laughs> glitz and glam, right? right? It doesn't feel like you're training in, in Mother Russia and getting shots in your butt with turkey basters right. or whatever. Um, cops is filmed on location. <laughs> <laughs> With the men and women, <laughs> men and women of law enforcement, <laughs> all victims are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Yeah, you better believe it. <laughs> I wonder why I was sweating last night. Yeah, that's why they took their shirt off. <laughs> They're always shirtless in cops. <laughs> what? All the all the guy all the perps. Oh, I thought you meant the the cops. I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah. You want to avoid the police? Put a shirt up. Oh man. Okay. So. um... Let me read a little quick summary for people. Oh, uh, real quick about the, yeah. the fighting, just from a technical aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, Joel Edgerton isn't a big dude, but watching him in the ring, the way he fights, um, as someone that has been a huge fan of boxing my entire life, mm-hmm. like, I, I just love boxing. It's my jam. Um, I really appreciated the effort that he put into the movie. I, I, I bought into it. I was yeah. like, all right, he, look, he looks pretty good. <laughs> well, and, and he looked he looked like more of this. Like, he wasn't going to rely on brute strength. Right, he, he has none. He wasn't going to rely on, on speed. He was going to rely on his, his technical skills, his Correct. submission skills, his jujitsu, that kind of stuff. Girls like guys with skills. <laughs> and, and he was patient and calm. And I think that that's, that's I mean, that was his underdog status. I think that's what was, was really cool about that casting of Joel Edgerton. And he's great. Like, those the top four or five actors that they had in this movie were, were so good and and I really appreciated his his role in this movie. I um, agree. All right, Warrior. So two brothers face the fight of a lifetime and the wreckage of their broken family within the brutal high stakes world of mixed martial arts or MMA for the layman terms. Uh, fighting in Lionsgate action drama Warrior, a former Marine hunted by a tragic past. Tommy Reardon returns to his hometown of Pittsburgh and enlists his father, a recovered alcoholic, and his former coach to train him for an MMA tournament, awarding the biggest purse in the history of the sport. As Tommy blazes a violent path towards the title prize, his brother, Brendan, a former MMA fighter unable to make ends meet as a public school teacher, returns to the amateur ring to provide for his family. Even though years have passed, recriminations and past portrayals keep Brendan bitterly estranged from both Tommy and his father. But when Brendan's unlikely rise as an underdog sets him on a collision course with Tommy, the two brothers must finally confront the forces that tore them apart, all the while waging the most intense winner-takes-all battle of their lives. Wow. Thank you, McConnell, from IMDb, for writing that. <laughs> yeah, doing all the work for us. Damn. So, let's... That's ju- a lot to digest. <laughs> let's jump into it. Immediately. What was, your, what was your thought on the film as a whole, Justin? Loved it. Did you? Yes. Okay. Enjoyed every second of it, and it's it's a bit of an emotional commitment. It's a long movie. It, it well, is a long well movie. over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't feel that long though. No. No. Um, it, I think because we get into Sparta pretty quickly, and the Sparta thing is is quite long. It's right. a long segment. Two days, um, four fights yeah. for the winner, mm-hmm. and that's that's a lot to digest. And that's and that's having the setup, the training, the fighting, the fallouts. The recovery. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot. 
in two and a half hours and it, it felt great and I think the reason why it doesn't feel as long as it is is because you are along for the ride. Yes, it's an emotional commitment, but I think it has a pretty huge payoff in the end. I agree. I think that... So it's in- interesting because during Sparta, that's the first time we actually see Tommy and Brendan meet up for the first time. And this is well over halfway into the movie where this movie is about them too. But I like that O'Connor takes the direction of having their own separate lives and everything in between. And the catalyst in between them is is Patty, their father. Right. They even have, um, you know, different names. Yeah. Or, 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 or Reardon. Yeah. Yeah. Reardon, Tom, Tommy Reardon and... And Conlon. Uh, yeah, Brandon Conlon. So um, that was really interesting that they that they waited until that moment to see each other. and I, So I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, but uh, I think this movie definitely has... It, it's, a, it's a heavy film. It, it's not something that you can go into just being like, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll put this on, unless your name is Justin Cabin. <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> I want to feel good about myself. I'm going to watch an alcoholic struggle. Um, it's just... It, it, it's heavy. Uh, I mean, from the get-go, you know, you have this... This real gritty, uh, real gritty Pittsburgh setting. Uh, a lot of grays, a lot of monochromatic colors and stuff. I don't know if that's how P- Pittsburgh looks in general, or if that's just what they kind of went for. But it doesn't look like sunshine and rainbows, California, or something like that. So I think that that sets a pretty good tone for the movie. And then we get Nick Nolte leaving church or an AA meeting or whatever it may be. Um, you know, he's he's an old school guy. He's still got his tape deck on his, his car. And then we see Tommy sitting on those steps. And the first interaction you get between them, you're not really sure what they what they are. They exchange pleasantries. You know it's his son. But he throws in little snide comments about you and your priorities, right? He's like, the car's looking good. And he talks about your priorities. Right. So our first, first impressions are a big thing, right? Yeah. So right off the bat, you're like, man. Tom Hardy's a dick in this movie. Yeah. We we don't know the story. We, we don't know. All we know is that Nick Nolte is this sweet, kind old man. Yep. And he's getting bullied by his estranged son. Yep. And then the whole into the living room, hey, I'm not going to have a drink with you. I'm almost a thousand days sober. Here's coffee. Um, that whole scene was so cool, and I think it set the tone for the entire movie. Um, let me backtrack slightly. I really liked this movie a lot, and this is the first time I've seen it in years. Um... I didn't like it as much as I liked it when I first saw it, but I'll talk about that as we continue. Do you find that that's normal for you, where you like something and then time passes and you change, you grow, you develop as a as a human, and you just your tastes change, or is it your? Do you think it's more your your outlook on life has changed? What do you think is the difference to where it resonates? Sometimes it could be as simple as the effects don't hold up. In this case, um, it's more. Effects have nothing to do with anything. It's just yeah. more of overall theme. I think that I am getting more cynical as I get older. Is that what it is? <laughs> um, but I also am learning to appreciate art differently and look at things as a whole instead of being like, oh, yes, these guys are fighting. This is awesome. I'm going to go work out. But Because I think that's kind of when I saw it. So 2011, I was, math, uh, 24 maybe. Um, and so it was different for me because I was like, oh, cool, this looks awesome, right? I still think it's a good movie. I think I appreciate the acting more now 
than I did the fight scenes, and so I think that's kind of why it takes makes me take a step back a little bit because it didn't ha- I didn't have the same effect. But that's not to take anything away from the movie because I think it's it's just a tour de force of acting. I mean, it's it's superb from from all of them. Um, but with that opening scene, I think what they do really really well in this movie is is the exposition and, and, and giving you just enough of a backstory without showing you. They don't need to go back. They could have, O'Connor done a, could have done a really cheesy thing and when Tommy and, and Patty are talking, he could have shown like a flashback of him getting hit or like showing a scar or something like that. They don't really do that. It's just a whole, hey, you know, like why we left and blah, blah, blah and I hired an investigator and all these things. You know something happened and you know he was, he was probably a bad dude. He was obviously a drunk but it's up to our imagination and we have to decide what he he basically did but clearly it was something that really fucked up Tom Hardy so much that he needed to run away with his mom to Tacoma Washington right to get away to get away and um i really enjoyed that and they stick with that throughout the film they don't go to flashbacks cuz i feel like flashbacks get lazy at times right it's um, like it's like we aren't smart enough to piece the puzzle yeah, together. I, I don't need my hand held in a movie and I think that that was, was so good and that really set it up for the entire movie because there's a lot of that exposition. It's like when you read a book you have to formulate your own ideas on how things are happening instead of them hand holding you. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was very sincere and emotional but yet it was short and sweet and to the point. Um, yeah, so I, I, I wanted to talk Do about Do you that think book. that audiences that can't relate to not having an alcoholic parent um, would have benefited from flashbacks? Do you think they need to see the abuse or do you think that that's, that's enough just having that conversation? Yeah, so I that one I don't know. Um, it's interesting, right? Yeah. Sometimes people need to see the abuse, but it's not always necessarily. It doesn't have to be physical. No. You know, there's the you know, for emotional abuse is, you know, just as bad. And so in this case, you know, his his poor mother and son. You know, this family is literally ripped apart because of alcohol. Yep. It's a powerful thing. Well, and in Brendan's case, it, it it's still ambiguous if he was hit or if it was just he was neglected because. And I, I realized this when I watched it last night that I didn't realize before. I thought that he used to beat Brendan, but I don't think he did. I think he just neglected him because yeah. he wasn't he wasn't his favorite. He wasn't right. his meal ticket, right? Right. Because um, he says, you know, like there's that part when he goes to his house and he's like, Tommy's back or whatever. He's like, oh, you got your son back. And he says, you, were my, you are my son. And he kind of like looks and he has this kind of like glint in his eyes where he's sad, but he's like, wait, do you really just say that? And that part was heartbreaking because he always played second fiddle and he was the underdog his entire life to his father. And so it makes sense why he's not happy with him. They even allude to an incident. He's like, you know, three years ago you pulled that shit and I said never again. They never explain that. But you know he did something really bad and as a whole, you know Patty has done a lot of bad things. Yeah, I was trying to think, because he has no relationship with his grandkids, so Mm -hmm. I was thinking that maybe... He showed up drunk at the house with the kids and, or and, something. That's yeah, the only thing I could think of. And I think that's why it was so cool is because um, O'Connor let us kind of develop our own right. thoughts on what would have happened. And and to your point, what you're saying, 
if we know someone who was a, a drunk or someone who suffered from alcoholism or something, we might be able to piece some things together. So that might hit a little closer to home. If we don't have any relationship to that, I, I could see why you'd be taken away from it a little bit. Be like, oh, well, gee, I want to know what happened. But I like that he played it safe and he just he went ahead and didn't hold our hands on that one. Right. Um, I think that really gave into the, the movie. Um, let's talk about that scene really quick with uh, Brendan and, and Pat. Uh, you know, when he drives up to... Or when he's at Brendan's house waiting for him and Brendan pulls up into the parking lot. It's nighttime and he wants to reconcile things with him and just basically talk to him. He, he hasn't talked to him in a long time. Yeah, he's got a granddaughter he's never even met. Yep. Um, so several fantastic little monologues and performances by Nick Nolte, but this one is just so gut-wrenching because he's... He literally says, you know, I'm, I'm trying here, Brendan, I'm trying. And he, he understands that he really has messed up his life. And he needs to, he needs to reconcile what happened and, and, and gain his, his family back. Um, and he knows that alcoholism stops. So he talks about that. I'm a thousand days sober today, right? And he's like, right. hey, which is, a, which is a big deal. It's huge. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, that's great, Pop, you know, but... This is he's like and yeah and <laughs> that's terrible and and I think that it's it's interesting because he he realizes because Nick Nolte realizes hey like I really messed up how can I make this better to you and I think that he understands he wants to that's why he tells him Tommy's back because um, he wants his sons back that's ultimately what he wants he just doesn't care what happened he just wants his yeah. sons back he's he's a man that has lost everything everything and. So the question I ask is, I, I think that forgiveness is a, is a big uh, theme in this movie. I think it's one of the central themes in this movie. They talk about it all the time. Um, he talks about, can you forgive me, you know, during that scene when they're on the beach, when uh, Brendan and, and Tommy are on the beach in Atlantic City and they're talking about forgiveness. Um, at the very end of the movie, spoiler, when, you know, he's, when he's choking him out and he says, I'm sorry, Tommy, I'm sorry. It's all about forgiveness. Right. Um, Which is interesting, too, because he even says, you know, <coughs> I forgave you on the beach. That's what, that's what uh, Brand, uh, Brandon says to Tommy. to Tommy that I forgave him. He's like, what? What do you forgive me yeah, for? He's like, me? he's like, you're the asshole here. Yeah. You didn't leave with us. Right. And he's, you know, so the idea here is that, you know, uh, Brendan, he is in love, you know, he, with his future wife, and he decides to stay. There's this night that's going to happen where the mom and uh, Tommy and Brendan are all going to leave in the night, basically, mm -hmm. and just and leave Nick Nolte, leave Patty behind, and Brendan doesn't go. Mm -hmm. He says, "No, I'm staying. I I, I can't leave because he's in love with the girl," and that's how that's how Tommy sees it. Like you know, you're abandoning you know, me and mom, when we need you most. Mm -hmm. And so poor Tommy has a lot of hate in his heart. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's, everyone's alone. That's mm -hmm. the thing, right? So Brendan, even though he has his, he has his family, you know, his wife, his two kids, you know, he's the only one that's sort of been able to move on with his life. He, he, but at the same time, it just shows how important family is, right? You mm -hmm. need family and he has his Whereas Tommy's alone, Patty's alone, and they are both miserable yep. for it. It's really sad. And they show, and they're different ends of the uh, of the spectrum on that one. I mean, like, Patty is is very lonely, and he wants he wants more. Tommy is very lonely, but he's really trying to separate himself from everything, um, and so they have to obviously have a collision course. But um, 
it's it's interesting. I mean, like with forgiveness, when has enough time passed when you can actually start forgiving people? I mean, is this more of a rhetorical question? Is there an actual answer? Because you, you see three years that, that Patty went by without being forgiven for whatever he did, his antics were at Brendan's daughter's birthday party or the birth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or assuming he probably he, showed up late to a movie. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> he probably didn't tip 15% on the check. It's 20 <laughs> now. 20 is the new 15. Oh, my God. I know. Um, so he probably did something really weird. But at, at, at what point can you finally forgive? And even when Brendan does forgive him, it's a pretty half-assed forgive or forgiveness. Right. <laughs> um, he forgave him. Yeah. He, he forgave <coughs> Take, him pretty half-assed. No one's headed. No one took head. No one took head. <laughs> Heed. <laughs> Heeded. Um, so, Justin, like, what, what amount of time for you, depending on severity of the situation, would it take you to forgive someone? All right. So... This is going to sound really weird, but I try to forgive somebody uh, immediately. I don't ever want, I mean, almost for selfish reasons, because um, life's too short, and I would hate to be mad at somebody, and then something happened um, to a a life-ending event where someone died, and I didn't get the opportunity to forgive somebody. So um, I, I forgive people almost immediately. Um, that doesn't say that, that doesn't mean that I'm not still angry with them, uh, or, or you know I'm not upset about the situation. I, I'll, I'll, like uh, for example, I had a friend. Um, he uh, ultimately broke. We were friends for over 20 years, and we had a major falling out. And uh, the last thing I said to him was that I loved him and that uh, I forgave him, but I have not spoken to him since. And that was in 2013. Damn. Yes, long time ago. And but I knew that I I couldn't be with this person anymore and we just ended it and it was so sad and so heartbreaking, but at the end of the day, I was like, "You know what, dude? I I forgive you." And it is what it is. But and that was in in one moment. Right. So, for me, it's different, but I just would hate for, you know, something to happen to him or me and we have some sort of guilt. That, that lasts. I want to be through with it. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's different for everyone. I'm someone that has experience with um, alcohol or drugs. Um, there's just one of those things where if someone's an alcoholic or a junkie, um, it's, it's almost impossible to trust them. Um, you, can, you can trust that they'll always be that way, mm-hmm. but you can't ever trust them. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, anyone can, can deviate from the path. It's, it's a very human thing to make mistakes, but when you are an alcoholic or um, a drug addict or any kind of addict, really, it is so easy to fall. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just tough. So I, I very much understand the frustrations that these characters are going through. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I did not grow up in an abusive home or anything like that. Um, I had two very loving parents. Um, but that doesn't mean that we didn't have our problems and sure. still do to this day. But it's just one of those things where I immediately was able to connect with um, Brendan's character. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, time isn't really a factor when it comes to forgiveness. It's just one of those things where 
I just have to be the bigger person at all times to just just go with it to say, yep, I forgive you, it's over. <laughs> and I and I mean it, I really do. I don't want to come off as like you know I'm just saying it to say it, but <laughs> it's it's just one of those things where life is literally too short and you have to just take what you can, and it is absurd to to hang on to something like that. So then, I guess with that being said, do you think that? those maybe that forgiveness that you have is not as authentic i wouldn't even i mean fair enough because you have to trust to forgive essentially and, pa- and and patty says that i mean you can say i forgive you but do you truly forgive someone for that or how do you how do you feel about that well in in my sense i i do i like i said like you know i can't I can't trust my father, but I can trust my father to be my father. <laughs> you okay. know, he's. Yeah. I can always know that he is who he is, and I have to accept it. So for me, forgiveness is more about accepting than trusting. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just how I look at it. Accepting the situation as a whole, and, and, and they are who they are. Right. And accepting them for that reason, but not necessarily trusting. I think there's different levels of that trust. Um I think that when you give the forgiveness, though, and to Patty's point, you have to open up some sort of form of trust because it's like, hey, I'm forgiving you, so eventually you can come into my home. That opens the door almost. It's like cracking the door open for somebody and like you can get in here at some point. Sure, but I think there's a difference between having your having him over for dinner mm-hmm. or saying, hey, can you watch the kids while me and the wife go out right. <laughs> on a date? <laughs> right. Well, and I guess I'm just There's... asking if, it, if it's like a, if it's a pity forgiveness. Like, I, I pity you. I'm glad you got a thousand days sober, but I still pity you, so I forgive you for that reason if that's going to help you heal. Yeah, I think that's kind of the way he's looking at it. Yeah. So... Like, I've moved on. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to move on, too. Yeah. But my way of moving on means cutting you out of my life to the point where... If you want correspondence, it's going to have to be in the form of a phone call or a letter, Mm -hmm. which is pretty hardcore. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't like to hold grudges either, Um, and so it's it's hard for me uh, because when I have something like that, like where I'm, you know, quabbling with somebody and, and I really want them to be a part of my life, I have to either be the bigger person and forgive them and move on, um... But I kind of see what you're saying, too, where I don't immediately trust them. I am a pretty trustworthy guy, and I do put a lot of... I, I, I believe in a lot of people, and I'm easygoing for the most part. But um, sometimes, yeah, if you lose my trust, it's hard to gain it back. Sure. So, But family's a little different. I mean, and again, I, I haven't been in that situation where, like, you know, my dad was an alcoholic and he used to beat us or anything like that. And we're, that's all implied, obviously. Right. But... Um, it, it, it's it's hard for someone to say, and so I think that the upbringing too is is a is a reason why we can't put a time frame on forgiveness or or critique how someone forgives, um, because we all do it differently. Right. And and whatever you need for closure for healing, that's what you have to do. And so I think that that was that was portrayed really well. Right. This. And it's a very heavy theme it's, in this it's, movie. It's an incredibly it's, heavy theme. It's all about forgiveness. I mean, acceptance. The, yeah. The whole movie family. is the whole movie is them is is all of them looking for some sort of redemption, right? right? So Brendan is looking for redemption for well to to save his family basically. Um, but also 
the the love of his brother to get his brother back and in a sense to get his father back in that final scene when they're in the cage it's the final round and he clearly won but he's like why is Tommy doing this he looks over at Patty and Patty kind of gives him a head nod and you see Brendan give him a subtle head nod too and that was kind of that really really um, simple way of saying like hey maybe he is starting to trust Patty more and he understands now that this is all just bullshit. This is all just fighting with my family, starring the Rock and Vince Vaughn and right. Brothers now. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> is that the one where he punches the earth to stop the earthquake? No, it's it's a WWE movie. It's I know, I'm getting paid, yeah. Um, it's getting really good. It actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, I know. I'm excited um, for it. And we're not sponsored by them or anything. Right. We can be, um, <laughs> with the right connections. Uh, so, but And then you have Tommy, you know, his his redemption of... He abandoned his, his brothers at the core, um... And so he is fighting to make things right for his fallen brother who, who got killed in his family, his brother's family. Right. Know? So Tommy's in a lot of trouble. He, he felt betrayed when his um, best friend and, and we'll say brother, his Marine Corps brother, Manny, um, was killed in friendly fire. And he just lost his way and he went AWOL, absent without leave, uh, left and... Um, He's on the run. He is now a wanted man. Yep. Which is really sad. Yeah. And then as far as, like, uh, Brendan is concerned, you know, he is going to lose his home. The market... This is... this is A lot of people can relate to this. This was after the market crashed in, you know, 2008, 2009. Um, and everyone's upside down on their mortgages. And he... him and Between him and his wife, they have three jobs, and it's not enough to support the family. Um, so he is literally fighting for his life um to do this all right r kelly right yeah what an asshole fuck that guy i swear to god you know what's, what makes me so mad is that i was like 14 when he married Aaliyah. right yeah i'm like isn't that wrong <laughs> isn't he a crazy i mean like Aaliyah and i are like the same age, <laughs> and i'm like um I don't think I can get married right now. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, it's just yeah, whatever. He's a creep. Well, that's a, that's another show. <laughs> Fucking asshole. And um, so it's just, it's it's very weird. Like everyone's at this at, while everyone's fighting for different reasons. It's it's one of those things that brings them all together, and they're ultimately fighting for the same thing for family. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it's their outlet too. In, in that in that final fight scene, there's so much emotion in that. I mean. You know, the first thing before they even start is Brendan goes, Tommy, where's, where's Pop, right? Yeah. This, is, this has become more than just about the money for them at this point. You see it more so on Brendan's face where Tommy just wants to let his aggression out. He just wants to beat the shit out of his brother. We've all had that moment where we love our siblings, but we're like, Ugh! you know. And I know yeah, Do you think that he never really grew up? Tommy's pretty childish in this movie. I, I, I think so, and I think that his childhood was... Was robbed, robbed from him, and 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 we'll and we'll we'll bring up that um, Theogenes reference, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, no. So Theogenes, that that uh, ancient Greek athlete um, who was undefeated in all of his wrestling and boxing tournaments or whatever, Olympic medalist. Um, Tommy idolized him, or his father idolized him, and Tommy was the product of Patty Conlon's training and. <clears throat> everything that he vicariously wanted to be, he 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 put into Tommy. It's not it's not uh, implicitly implied that Patty was this amazing athlete, but 
we assume that he was because he trained. He was a former Marine. He trained uh, Tommy to be this machine, this this five times. Yeah, I think he, I think he was a whatever. boxer or something. Yeah, something like that, right? So he, he trained to be this like junior Olympic state champion wrestler guy who was going to be amazing, who wanted to beat Theogenes's record. Now, was that Tommy actually wanting to do that, or was that wanting him wanting to do it because his father told him to, or because he wanted his father's approval? So. When they left, I'm assuming Tommy. Tommy's the younger brother. So when they left, I'm assuming Tommy was pretty young, and so his life got flipped, turned upside down. <laughs> in West Philadelphia, in West Pittsburgh, <laughs> and um, and he had to go take care of his his sick mother. So I'm sure his whole life he built up this hate for him, but he he never really learned how to. How to, how to become an adult per se like he, right. he thrusted into this thing very very quickly and all that all this entire time was just the hatred maybe that's why he joined the marines I, I i don't know but maybe it's just the hatred and you can see that when he from the moment he appears on screen he obviously has a lot of emotional baggage there he hasn't grown up he's very reserved and quiet and he beats the shit out of people he does it's not just him knocking people out in one punch it's him aggressively doing yeah that. he's like fighting his father in these matches yes he's he's clearly taking something out and you see that from when him and brendan are fighting from the very first round and he takes the cheap shot and mm -hmm. he just is relentless there's a lot more to this fight than the money right it's it's the emotion it's it's the family it's all that it's uh Telling Bobby Boucher that his water is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Insano. <laughs> well, and and so um, I think that the climax of the movie is is that fight scene, and that was such a good fight scene. And if you did not have a a slight wetness in your eyes, then you have no soul. Right. Um, so this movie has a lot of those moments, though. Oh my god. So like, I feel like every time Tommy gets in the ring. It's, it's an event, yeah. you know, whether it be a one-punch knockout mm -hmm. or what, you just get chills. It's it's amazing. Like, mm -hmm. it, something happens where it, it just, it's, like, in Rocky movies, there's, there's usually one or two fights. This movie, you get a lot, you get, like, eight fights. And each one is its life of its own, and it just blows you away. And I feel like while Tommy, his fights are anywhere from, like, eight seconds to, to 20 seconds... Brendan has to work for it and all of his fights are just this huge obstacle in his way to get to to the end to where he can win and save his family and you're like there with him every step of the way you're oh, yeah. as 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 his wife is watching for updates on her phone as the principal's watching it on pay-per-view Every, with his tucked in shirt yeah. at home. You're you're right there with them, like, oh my god. And and you know it's it's only an hour into this movie. It's like it's he's gonna win, but Is he though? You're just you're just there like, oh my god, this is the yeah. very brutal. It's 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 hard to watch, but, but it's inspiring at the same time. But that's time. what makes those movies so good, and that's why I'm such a sucker for those movies is you know they're going to win like Miracle. It's a true story. You know what's going to happen, but you're like, but what if they lose, right? right. But, but that's the best thing about taking source material like that, like actual true events, is you have to make it thematic. Right. And, and you have to make some sort of, you have to make the stakes higher. Right. And you do that by connecting with the characters. And, 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 and that's what they did with right. Brendan. Because again, like we were he's saying, he's an everyman. Yeah, he's he's not fast. He's well. He's in his later part of his thirties. He's not strong. He's got to have something, and everyone's like, "This is a fluke." He's gonna lose, and you see him pull out. And you're like, "Holy shit!" 
you have to root for that underdog. And I right. think their their fighting there's, style. There's something about the underdog that <laughs> really inspires the unexceptional. <laughs> their fighting styles um, are microcosms for for who they are. So Tommy is uh, no frills, comes in, beats the shit out of you, best at what he does. Right. Leaves. No must, no fuss. I'm sure that's how he was when he was a wrestler. I'm sure that's Pat, how Patty trained him. Um, and that's just his character. Brendan, underdog. Always looked down upon. Not the biggest guy, but he knows what he's doing and he's smart. That's why he's right. a teacher, right? He's a physics teacher. They underestimate him. Um, they underestimate him. But And, and that's, so that's something that I think that you can really fail at at a movie like this if you don't do it properly. And I think O'Connor did it properly with the whole Sparta that all, all the fight scenes where half the movie is is an MMA fight mm-hmm. he did it very gracefully because every fight that Brendan had you're like he's probably going to lose right? even though you know he's going to go on because the damn cover of the movie is them <laughs> <laughs> leaving the ring together so clearly he's probably going to make it towards the end right um, but yeah no I, I completely agree Tom Hardy was a force of nature in that too and he just would come in and knock suckers out yeah that's brutal um, so Justin about these these movies about these these underdog fight movies i feel like there were quite a few of them i mean rocky kind of kicked it off for us right mm-hmm. and then you have um rocky two <laughs> hell you got rocky three <laughs> um and we won't talk about rocky five because that was just a dream sequence but um oh it's a nightmare i know i don't like my rings outside <laughs> um, but it's we, we, we have we always want to root for the underdog and I am and I'll be the first to admit I am such a sucker for these type of movies. Cinderella Man was kind of the same way with boxing. Did you ever see that one? Sure, sure, okay. sure. Rudy, um, Rudy makes Rudy, me cry every. Rudy, time. if you don't cry during Rudy, you have no fucking soul. That movie is so good. Sure, just from a, a feel good standpoint. Um, I oh gosh. Um, but yeah, Rudy, Karate Kid. I could say <laughs> I thought you were being serious for a second. No, I love I that like, movie. Hold on, I guess you could say that. Dodgeball, that's a true underdog. Miracle story. is the same way though. Like I, I feel like it's the same way where you're like, oh my god, they can do this. They mm-hmm. can pull this out. And cool runnings. Cool runnings. Except cool runnings doesn't end in triumph. I mean, uh, it, it does. It ends in inspiration. It does end in inspiration, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fighter was the same way too, though. Um, sea biscuit. So I, I think that you can tastefully do it, um, and I think that that's why I'm such a sucker for it. Now, since then though, and I, it's no surprise that Creed has been one of my favorite movies of all time. I love the Rocky franchise, but when I saw Ryan Coogler's Creed back in like 2014 or 2015 when it came when it came out, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. One of the best theater experiences that I ever had. I actually saw it with my brother, and we were watching it, and like we were so into it. That that you know that POV uh, one shot esque fight the scene fight? Yeah. was incredible. True. Um, I loved every minute of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All that motivational music. Yeah. I thought Coogler was he he was so spot on. Um, everyone did a great job in the movie, but that movie really really set a, a new bar for me. Sure. On 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 how you can make a a underdog story. A montage movie, a fighting movie, a, a, a paradigm for what that is. And Rocky really set that up. So this movie came out before that. So I think that's why I liked it when it first came out. But after seeing Creed and being subjected to all these things, right? 
It's like when I eat when I eat really fancy foods. I can't go back to that McDonald's shit, yeah. right? I've had We're, caviar. This is Chef Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> he made this and shoved it in a can just for this is me. Chef Boyardee. <laughs> it's French. <laughs> you wouldn't know. But I feel like I'm that way with most sports movies. Um, I don't. I don't know why. Even even like baseball movies, we haven't had a baseball movie. <laughs> baseball stuff, but like even Moneyball, I I freaking love that. I movie. love Moneyball. <laughs> Moneyball was Moneyball was so smart, and it was on a different level. Yeah, it's good. I, I I love sports movies, and you know we we don't get too many baseball movies anymore, which is sad. Um, but. There's just a way about them, whether it be the rookie of the year, major league, I don't fever pitch, fever pitch, exactly. <laughs> I just, I, I freaking love baseball movies. Behind the curve, or whatever that fuck, or chasing the curve, or yeah, I ah, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. With Justin Timberlake in it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, the recruiting movie, yeah, with uh, like Clint Eastwood or something. Can't hit the curve. I don't know what the fuck yeah. it's called, but yeah, I, I, sports movies have that way of really showing the underdog. Um, there aren't too many non-sports underdog movies. They just don't convey the message well enough. I think it's easier in a sports movie. And in this one, it, is, it isn't about the MMA. It is about the, th- the relationship between three people. Yep. I think this is a, um, a familial conflict filled film that uses MMA as a backdrop. And what's interesting too is that uh, Patty, Nick Nolte's character, he's in the movie a lot in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then he's he has one major scene near the end of it. Oh. But it is he, interestingly enough, he is the bridge that connects the two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, the the we'll call him the villain in this movie is the one that connects these two and brings them all back together, which I think is pretty powerful. So, and I agree. So I think then we need to talk about the scene of all scenes in the movie, the so emotionally tragic scene where Patty visits Tommy at the casino. It's the night before they he has the big championship bout with his brother. He's gambling. He talks about how he, Tommy was a hero um, for saving them. Tommy doubts that because he's like, I abandoned my, my brothers, blah, blah, blah. Which, um, which, real quick, I hate to interrupt, but yeah, um, Nick Nolte is a, a vet as well, mm-hmm. so yeah. he can he can relate to. He's him. Like I've been there before. Yeah, he's can, he's seen tell. he's seen the horrors of, of war. He would have very much would have been a Vietnam vet, I think at this Probably. at this point. Yeah. Um. So he has seen what um, horrors uh, humanity has to offer. Yeah. So he can have a legitimate conversation with this man. Yeah. And he was trying to relate with his son. I mean, that's what he wanted to do was be there. And th- that's what a father can do. And, you know, whether or not he was too late in life, and that's what he even says. He says, where, where were you when I needed you? I needed this father a long time ago. So right from that point, that's when it really starts to get emotional. And, you know, he, he's like, you know, fuck off or throws the quarters at his face. And just the defeat on, on Patty's face is so heartbreaking. It is. It makes you cry, man. He just, he he lost. He knows that defeat, and he has to go back. And then you get the shot of Tom Hardy, and he's like, fuck, and he throws the quarter, and you can see he didn't mean to say that. That was reactionary. He he should not have said that immediately. Right. And right? I think this all goes back to his maturity level, too. Yes. I, I think that Tommy is a very immature man. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he has gone through things that I can't begin to understand, but at the same time, 
we're all adults. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he really messed up big. <laughs> I am not proud of Tommy in this scene. And yeah, and so he. Then you get the heartbreaking scene next where you get the yelling uh, while he's listening to Moby Dick of. Patty's yelling while he's listening to Moby Dick. You see airplane bottles turned over, and he's got a fifth of whiskey in his hand. And he has broken his thousand plus days of sobriety and started drinking. Right. Something so extreme that it has broken his three and a half years of sobriety like that. And we we then see Tommy actually break his his tough attitude, his wall that he put up, and embrace his father and comfort him and tell him it's going to be all right. Um, so heartbreaking such a good scene and i did not see a dry eye in the theater during that part including mine yeah that's pretty intense especially when he's uh he's basically at the he's listening to the audio version of moby dick right he's at the part where the whale has surfaced and the captain ahab will stop at nothing including the death of his crew to kill this whale Mm -hmm. right it's it's man against nature it's him getting his revenge and you know we talk about you know we say it's someone's white whale you know the un the uncatchable the unattainable right so for for patty is is his white whale his family like is he is he trying to 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 capture something that he cannot have yeah in his mind do you, the, is, is that thinking too much into it no, no 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 i think that's a really good yeah i think that could be an allegory for it like i i think that's really that's true. It's something that he never was able to obtain. He was so obsessed with this one thing, and let's just say it's the alcohol. Like that was what took over his life. That's his obsession. He he. Well, he, it was, mm-hmm. but then it shifted where he's like, "Wait a minute, family is the most important thing to me." Right. Because clearly, he just wanted, he wanted that that. Well, I don't know if he wanted fame, but he wanted to be with the winner. He wanted perfection. He wanted all that. He drank, and that was the disease. Um, but he needed to go for something higher and bigger, and he wanted his his family. Ultimately, he needed to be clear-minded to see that, and that's why he's trying. It's it's his his hunt as as Ahab trying to find trying to spear that white whale, right? Sure. But then, when he's listening to it and he's screaming, you know, don't don't do it. It's mm-hmm. not worth it. You know, he's yelling. He's he's taking on. He's almost like Ishmael at this point, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying. You know, don't do it. You know, stop the ship. You know, you we are all gonna die if we do this. You know, he's on this crab, this collision course, mm-hmm. and he has collided again with alcohol. He is one hundred percent drunk. He is he is his 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 self. He's his, he's back to being true to form. <laughs> this this broken uh, addict, mm-hmm. and it's it is painful. It is it is so hard to watch. It's very hard to watch, and he does such a good job of of being a drunk i guess you could say mm-hmm. um another one i recently saw I, I watched the star is born the newer one bradley cooper and man he does a fantastic job too of of being an alcoholic basically a um, functioning alcoholic day to day where you can see the things that he does and you just feel each time it's like watching a car collision you're like i can't look away but this is this is brutal mm-hmm. and that's what what nolte does um so then tom hardy you know, he he embraces his dad. Yes. He he sees, you see that acceptance, right? He's like, fuck. <laughs> but, but but he but he had, he sees the guilt too. Yeah. Like, I did this. Yep. It's all me. 
Like, I ruined three and a half years of sobriety. I did this. Right. And then he grabs him, he holds him, and it's this beautiful moment where on, they're on the bed together, and he's able to... It's like you see when he's, like, wiping his head and holding him, that, and, like, he, he's basically forgiving him in this moment. Like, he's, he is forgiving himself and forgiving his, mo- his dad in this moment. It's not spoken, but yeah, I feel like you see it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I think that Edgerton Hardy and Nolte do a very very good job in this movie with their nonverbal um, acting skills you see a lot of emotion in their eyes in the way that they just have their expressions um, and it's heartbreaking and I mean you can see he fucked up without he, he doesn't he doesn't say much in the movie but you can see he fucked up and he mm-hmm. knows it and he's just like you know his glassy eyes where He'll kind of like look us at. I don't. I don't think he sheds a tear, but you know that this man, like he, he wants to. He needs to. And I think that was a good scene right before you get the climactic fight because all this emotion that he has inside of him, it's anger towards his brother. It's anger at himself mm-hmm. for for doing this, and he just needs a release. He needs something. That's why he keeps fighting. He's like, I need to do this. I don't know what else to do. And I think that they, they portrayed it very, very well. <clears throat> and you see it at that end when he just is unleashed. He's already, he, he knows he's done. His shoulder's completely out of place. His brother doesn't want to do it, but he's like, you're making me do this. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so cathartic to for both of them. Um, and I think that that's fun because that takes, well, I shouldn't say fun, but that makes the fight a lot more, uh, it, it's more about the, it's, <clears throat> sorry, less about the money and it's bigger than that. Um, yeah, there's a there's a moment in the movie when Brendan is talking to his dad in the stadium. Like, um, there's all this ruckus going on, and Brendan whispers. He says something to his dad, but we can't hear what he says. And then Brendan says it. Yeah, and then and then Patty's like, he's like, okay, okay, son. Like, like I don't know what he says to him, but oh yeah, he gets excited. You see, his dad's excited. Like, is he saying, hey, I want to talk after yeah. this match? Um, you know, we have no idea what they say. Yeah. Um, and Tommy, I'm sorry, uh, Brendan and Patty never have the moment that, um, Tommy and Patty have. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like they, we never see their relationship get repaired except for that moment where he says something to him and you see the sparkle in Patty's eye like okay okay son yeah like you know I'm I'll be here or whatever and I'm assuming he's just saying hey let's let's talk after this match like after he you know he's about to fight um Koba which we haven't talked about yet um you know he's the big scary dude Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle. right um, doing the ankle lock <laughs> uh you know he's a wrestling champion you I know, know. He's an Olympic champion he's a gold medalist yeah, yeah. um the uh, supreme athlete right and um he looks amazing in this movie. Dude, he's jacked. Yeah. He's freaking jacked. And, and he's the big scary. He's the big bad, yeah. right? And Why are they always Russian? <laughs> uh, that's just, they put something in the water. So I, I kind of wish he wasn't Russian because that got too rocky for me. Uh-huh. Like that was very much a rocky thing. And I'm like... I think it's just the Eastern European fella. Can he be like Slovakian or sure. something like that? Or, <laughs> sure. I don't know. He's Clancy, Clancy Brown from Highlander comes oh, out. Oh, God. And... Uh, <laughs> That's a movie we should do. Highlander. Highlander. <laughs> um, but that's a really big moment. You know, that's that's a fight about, you know, Brendan, Brendan doesn't have a chance nope. at winning this fight. And, you know, his coach, um, 
tells him, you know, like, like Frank Grillo, he's or he tells him, like, look, dude, if you don't win, he's like, do you want to go home? Because if you don't win, you're not going to have a home. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's some pretty powerful stuff. I mean, that's an all or nothing. And, you know, Koba's fighting for the, this million dollars, right? He's fighting for the purse. Mm-hmm. Whereas what separates everybody from this is that uh, Brendan doesn't have a home if he doesn't win this. Right. You know, he, he is literally fighting for his life. Yeah. And, and fighting with his family, starting the Rock and Vince Bond. Right. <laughs> Which is a big difference. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this... They talk about it. You know, talking about those Rocky movies. You know, there's this hunger that they have, right? And when they lose that hunger, that's when they lose their fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not even on the table for for Brandon. He's the most hungry person that there is because he needs this, and he'll stop at nothing. I mean, it'll even be it could even be a, a fatal mistake if he doesn't stop. And that's just so crazy to think about. I can't in a million years relate to that. No, that's that's terrifying. An all-or-nothing situation. I mean, sure, I, there was a time when I was stressed about, you know, bills. But when you had to fight, when you had to fight your brother. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, when I couldn't decide which which flavors I wanted in my suicide drink. <laughs> do I put Mountain, diet or not? Mountain Dew and yeah. regular. I, I have no idea what real problems are, <laughs> and um, and and I can't begin to relate to what that would be like. But it's just downright terrifying. Right, I've never been in an all-or-nothing uh, scenario. I, I, I liked that they put Koba in there, um, because it was it was neat that it wasn't just Brendan beating these these dudes and then getting to his brother. It's like he still had to face that big thing. He had to go through hell and then do it again. Right, and you could even argue fighting his brother was more intense than Koba because emotionally, obviously, it was more intense. Who would have wanted to fight Koba or Tommy? I don't know. But Koba beat the shit out of Brendan. Right. And four fight. This is that's his third fight, and he's still got to do a fourth with and Tommy. He, and each fight, he's been just like pulverized. Yeah. So this man is barely. Yeah. Alive. So by the time he fights Tommy, he's already, you know, over it. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know. It's like. <laughs> You know, whenever I have to, you know, run, right? I'm always in so much pain for that mile or whatever, right? But then once it's over and I've done it and I beat my time, then I feel like I'm ready to do the next one. It's so funny how that works. Short-term pain for a long-term gain? Yeah. Yeah, It's so crazy. Put that on a t-shirt, bitch. Yeah. That's a lot of words. (laughs) I like less is more. (laughs) You like lettuce more? (laughs) Just put, just put bra. (laughs) Bra. And bra. Um, But that's just crazy because, you know, he's, he's already climbed the mountain at this point right so it's like Tommy might just be just he's just another another bump in the road another bump in the road that's crazy well, another bump in the and, traps and his motivation and this sounds about it it's not as as big as Brendan's where hey I'm fi- I'm getting this money for my family whereas Tommy's like I'm getting it for my fallen core member who was killed that was very tragic for sure but it's hard to say I could side on Tommy's side more than Brendan's. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like everybody's rooting for, for Brendan. Are they, though? I don't know. I think so. Because Tommy is an asshole the whole movie. Is he, though? He is. <laughs> <laughs> Nonstop. He's just a dick. Um, one thing I really, really liked, too, and we'll go back to Patty really quick, is this is... I can't praise enough how great Nick Nolte did in this. Um... In the entire film, you feel bad for him. 
right? You feel like this nice old man, mm-hmm. but clearly he has demons. Sure. He has demons that he wants to exercise, and he's trying everything he possibly can, right? But we don't know the severity of it. It's incredibly ambiguous, but his two sons know the severity of it, and it was pretty bad. So do you feel sorry for him? I mean, at a certain point, and that's what we go back to the forgiveness. Do I feel sorry for who? Patty? Patty. I do. So, so yeah, and at a certain point, it's like, look, I've endured this long enough, and I'm doing the right things. I'm doing what you ask me. When can I be forgiven? So I do feel bad for Patty. But at times, I look at it, and I'm like, I don't feel bad for him. He's he's being apologetic. He's trying to do what he can. He's accepting what people are saying to him, and he's just being a punching bag. But he deserves that. Mm-hmm. According to them, he deserves that. Um, but that's what I thought was such a good direction that O'Connor took with the film is he he left that incredibly vague and for us to decide. Right. And he didn't show flashbacks or anything weird like so that. So I don't think there was a single moment in the movie where I I wasn't prepared to not forgive Patty. Like, I felt bad for him the entire movie, um, but that's because I didn't know the story. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when you when you... Let's say that you've gone through something that's horrible. And you try to tell somebody about it. And then in eight seconds, they come up with the answer to to rid you of all your problems. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Dick, but I wasn't really asking for your advice. I just wanted to vent you, asshole. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're that guy, I think. I think we don't know the whole story. No. And we are just prepared to say, yeah, yeah let's move on. Be, be the bigger person. Be the bigger person. Yeah. And and I think that that's true. That all I see from the entire from for two and a half hours, all I'm watching is a sad old man get abused verbally abused by his kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like man, his kids are dicks. I hope they beat the <laughs> shit out of each other, and neither of them win. <laughs> and I get the money. Yeah, I get all of it. I could buy a lot of booze with that money. <laughs> um, so for as much good as we as we think this movie did, I'm going to talk about a couple things I really didn't like. Sure, I'll keep them pretty brief. Um, I did not like the high school kids aspect. Um, I think there's a tasteful way you can you can portray high school kids, and I'm not saying that this is distasteful, but I'm just saying I feel like maybe the production crew Googled, like, high school kids. And, it didn't feel authentic and, and to they, you. They found multicultural kids, and ones who just didn't seem... Yeah, they all seemed real chummy, and it didn't seem as... Or, it seemed unorthodox, and they didn't... They didn't really serve a true purpose for me because it didn't feel like they were a part of the story. You have all these serious acting uh, roles in the movie, and then you get these kids who are just kind of put there. Um, I think it just adds to to Brendan's likability. Yeah, but they didn't seem authentic. The kids did, and I, I, I wish that they were more authentic. There was it's supposed to be Pittsburgh, right? Or he lives in Philly, right? I, I wanted to see something a little more authentic with it, and it just kind of it kind of bugged me. They were kind of annoying. Same thing with the announcers. Um, with how cheesy the announcers were when he pulled the goldfish out and he's like, this is as old as Brendan is or whatever. And I was like, huck, huck, huck. Right. It just... I like when he says, uh, mom put the china away, the boys are at it again. That was so I like that part. <laughs> yeah. It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's hope it pays out. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I feel like color commentators are like that. Like in Best in Show, like, well, that looks like a fast dog. But, but, uh, but was that needed in a serious movie like this? Um, I think so. I think you need humor sometimes. I don't think it was humorous, though. Oh, I see. I think it, it was cheesy flat. as shit. I understand. 
I, I just think I think that that was so cheesy, and it, it which is funny because you laugh at everything. <laughs> I know, but I don't laugh at that shit. <laughs> just me, you laugh at me. Eh, laugh at you. I'm so funny. But but I mean, overall, I, I really liked this movie a lot. So those are the only two things that you didn't like was the color commentary. I, I think those are the two things that glared that glared out at me. Some some people like I was reading on IMDb and stuff that people didn't like the steady cam because uh, I don't know if you noticed that there was a lot of steady cam. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was pretty good edits in this film too. Um, and and the the filters that they were using or whatever it was was real grainy. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it because it gave you that real intimate feel and it gave you that down and dirty like this is Pittsburgh. Um, it was filmed in location. These these are the gyms that we train in and stuff. Right. I think they go to New New Jersey, right? For the uh, yeah, they go to Atlantic City. Or Atlantic City. Yeah, um, that's New Jersey. And, and, yeah, and um, and so I thought that that was really neat. Uh, and it really kind of it. it, it Put me into the movie mm-hmm. more so. If you live on the East Coast, do you see things, Granny? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you get your your prescription lenses. Like, can hey, I get them? Can I get them extra Granny? <laughs> hey, yeah. Pizza, and hot dog. That's, sorry, that's not. Helpful. That's, yeah. you, <laughs> you fucking scumbag. That's, that's all we know. I'm California, so I don't. I don't. Wow. I'm Hollywood. 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 <laughs> Um, I, cool buzz and tasty <laughs> waves. <laughs> Utah, give me two. Yeah, exactly. I, so I, I, yeah, I really liked this movie. Um, Back off, Lord Childs. I, seriously, <laughs> seriously, I mean it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I really liked this movie a lot. I just, um, I, I don't think I liked it as much this go around. But I mean, that as much is very, very minuscule. It's still a, a great underdog sports movie for me. And I think that it was it fell in the shadow of the fighter, which took a lot of Oscars uh, the yeah. previous year, because it is a similar movie. So Dude, Christian Bale did meth just for the movie. <laughs> Christian Bale was phenomenal in that movie. He was brushing his teeth with meth. So was Mark Wahlberg. I mean, everybody was really great in that movie too, though. So how dare you swear at me? You but... still owe me two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you still owe me two hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that one is really good too. Those fun people. Uh, <laughs> Those sisters, man. They are. <coughs> they are those MTV girls. <laughs> they are just the bell of the ball. <laughs> you, my friend, would be the bell of the ball. Oh, oh man, the fighter. You got anything else? How did you feel about the music kicking in in the final round? It's that song about today. So, so okay, then that's another part that kind of took me away from the moment. I I really did like the music choice for this film. I just didn't know if I needed needed it that early into the fight. Um, yeah, it's, it pretty much signifies the end of the movie. It was a yeah. It, I, I think it. I think the idea. I feel like the idea was that um, we don't need any more real words to. F- to really finalize their relationship, like mm-hmm. it, their 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 broken relationship is now repaired. <laughs> well, I, it, I felt it, like it's that. On the it's men. on the, yeah, it's on the men exactly. It's it's they are on the right track, and there's nothing that they could. There's no cheesy dialogue or or Hollywood moment that needs to happen to to show us that. You know, he yells, "I love you, Tommy," as he's beating the shit out of him and and putting him into submission. Like, it's, I don't want to do this. I have to do this. I love you. I forgive you. I hope you forgive me. Let's go find Pop. <laughs> and get the hell out of here. Yeah. 
Um, we have no real um, knowledge if you know he would go to jail. I would imagine because he was a wall. Yeah, that, yeah he's a desert. Said, he's a deserter. Well, they said that he could fight, but they were going to arrest him after the fight. Yeah, so he's in big trouble. Um, but when he gets out, you know, he's going to have family waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if Brendan is going to give him a portion of that money so he can feel better about it. And, I'm sure he will. Yeah. Or I'm a deserter, but I like key lime pie the best. So. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that real key lime pie isn't green? What color is it? Yellow? I think so. <laughs> oh, I love key lime pie. What's your favorite kind of pie? Chocolate cream pie. <laughs> you look like a chocolate cream pie kind of guy. Dude, I ate five of them before you got it. <laughs> I have this contest every day, and I'm the only contestant. <laughs> that sounds really good. Uh, you like to eat pie after you go see a movie? <laughs> no. It's in True Romance. Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen True Romance in a long time. Oh, oh that, yeah. That's a fucking good movie. Yeah. Natural Born Killers, too. They eat pie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the music, um, it, it did seem a little uh, kind of out of left field uh, and it was a little early for me. Um, but I did like that they left it pretty unclear towards the end and they didn't need to do the whole wrap everything in a bow sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You just get, they're walking in the locker room. The rest is up for you to decide mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Um, I don't need to see a warrior two back in action or anything. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> warrior two electric, electric buckaloo. buckaloo. <laughs> Um, where Tommy and Brendan fight the Again. devil or something. <laughs> Tag team. Can you imagine? Because <laughs> one, because Tommy slept with Brendan's wife. So. Oh shit. <laughs> there we go, Mr. O'Connor. Make a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's all I got, man. Sure. I, you know, I'm gonna go go ride a bike now because I'm so pumped up from this movie. Yeah. And go work on my traps like Tom Hardy. Yeah, I don't have those. <laughs> They're there. You just gotta find them. My traps were filled with fat. You're like you're like Brendan, and I'm like Tom Hardy. There we go. I'll take that. Who would win in a fight? Probably you. Yeah. You're pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't fuck around. Oh yeah. I have a Mario tattoo. <laughs> with a fireball on you. Heck yeah, dude. Um, and you have a forest on your arm. Yeah. So my fireball trumps your forest. <laughs> I went to Emerald City Comic Con on th- on Friday, and it was amazing. Saw some incredible artwork from artists from all over the U.S., uh, and I'm definitely going to buy a lot of their stuff. I am going to nerd out my house, and I'm super, super pumped. Just f- fun, stylized pictures of, of movie posters or of different characters and everything. Um, I was live-tweeting it uh, from all of our strong 25 followers. <laughs> yeah, but, I know. I have, I have like 1,700. Yeah. But we only have like 25. You're so lucky. I don't really Geek care. Legacy's got like 35,000. Damn, geeks. Um, yeah, follow. Don't be crazy. Don't be crazy. Uh, what should we do for the next one? Is it my choice? I think I think so. This was mine, right? Yeah, I think this one is yours. Sure. I'll give you... You can do Karate Kid. <laughs> or Karate Kid 2. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Boogaloo back in action. Do, yeah. do, do you watch... Uh, have you watched the Cobra Kai series on YouTube? No, so I actually just got Hulu because Spotify Premium, you get free Hulu with it. And so I signed up for it and I noticed that it's on it. Or no, it's on YouTube, right? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, shit, I was way off. Well, my, my roommate, she has YouTube uh, TV, so okay, it, cool. it's on that. So I'll be able to, to watch it. Oh, my God. It, it's the second amazing. season's coming out, I know, too. it comes out next month. Yeah, I, heard, I actually heard it was really good. It's amazing. Surprisingly. Change your life. So For the better. Okay. <laughs> um... 
So my choice, and I should, maybe I should just throw up a poll or something like that, but I really want to do her because you said you didn't like it, right? Well, okay. I, I, I never saw it. you never seen it. Okay. Yeah. So I really like her. Or um, we could do, uh, I mean, Constantine would actually be a pretty solid choice. I like Constantine. But I feel like I want to get a polarizing movie or, or something. Oh, I thought we were going to do like Avatar or something. Oh, we should. Hey, well, I heard you. It's a long movie. <laughs> it is a long movie. Sigourney Weaver is in it. <laughs> I love Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, she kills aliens, but in this movie she's friends with aliens. I know. She befriended do, the queen. Do you think it's interesting that Zoe Saldana is always in a relationship with a white male in movies? Hmm. Always? Always. What other movie? Every movie. <laughs> Every movie she's ever been in, she's with a white dude. I don't like that shit. Why do they do that? I don't know. I think it's interesting. Even that one where there's like a funeral. It's like a death at a funeral or something. Uh-huh. It's, it's an entire African-American family and she shows up with fucking Cyclops as her boyfriend. Really? <laughs> yeah. James Marston. Oh, yeah. And then she was in that movie, um, the remake of Guess Who? Guess Who's Coming to Dinner or whatever with, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. She was Ashton Kutcher's wife. See? And then, um, and, uh, what about the, Columbiana? I don't know if she has a love interest in oh, that movie. I thought you Never forget what you came from. <laughs> what a dumb trailer that was. Yeah. And then, uh, the Losers. She's with like Chris Evans in that movie. Yeah. Um, what the hell, man? She's with Star Lord in Guardians. She just always has. A... She's with Spock in uh, in Star Trek. There you go. Oh, I don't like that. Why'd you point that out? I don't I'm know. Because I was like, she gets killed by a purple man. I was like, sweet, I have a chance. <laughs> she likes white guys. <laughs> she's beautiful. She is gorgeous. She's beautiful. She's she's even beautiful when she's blue in the Avatar. She's not prettier than Zoe Kravitz though. Oh, she's beautiful too. What did I just want? Oh yeah, Crimes of Grindelwald. Just like a dragonfly. <laughs> she has a dragonfly wing in that oh, one movie. First class. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll I'll throw something up there. Uh, but you can uh, you can check it out on Facebook or Twitter, um, and uh, and vote for it. And we will we'll do it for the next one probably. I, I I'm up for any ideas. I think Avatar would be a good one. Um, Wait, do you like Avatar? So it's been a very long time since I've seen it, so I think it'd be good to revisit it. I liked it when it came out, but I liked it for different reasons. I right. liked it because it was... Captivating. Because it had all the magic and the flying. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of flying and, and magic. And I, and, I, and I really visually liked it, but who's to say, right? Right. So... Unobtainium. The, the unobtainium was there. So, yeah. Um, What's that guy's name? Sam Worthington? Sam Worthington. Last thing I saw him in, he was chasing down the Unabomber. I saw him in... I don't remember the last thing I've seen him in. Terminator Salvation? Oh, shit. I forgot about that yep. movie. He was in that. Uh, he was in... You point that thing at somebody. Be prepared to use it. <laughs> he was in um, the uh, Clash of the Titans. And oh, the yeah. Sequel. Yeah. What was that? Wrath? Wrath of the Titans. I actually liked those movies. They were oh, cheesy, man. but I liked them. Everyone in Game of Thrones is in Clash of the Titans. Pretty much. Man. Yeah, that movie was cool. The um It's a prequel to Clash of the Titans. <laughs> yeah, so in in Wrath Wrath of the Titans is the second one? Mm-hmm. There's um because the Titans actually get l- sent loose, mm-hmm. right? And I totally thought when I'm watching that movie, I immediately think of the Disney animated movie Hercules, where they're like they're like 
Ooh, so they're, like, they're going the wrong way. <laughs> He's like, guys, what is that? Like, Ooh, it's like I, I like I was literally saying that in the theater as I'm watching this. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I'm that guy in the theater. I'm not like loud. You can't hear me, but seriously, I am making myself laugh when I'm at the movies. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, I'm terrible. So Us comes out this week. Can't wait. I know. And I was going to see if you wanted to see it, but I remember you said you laugh during horror movies. Oh, yeah. So I'm like... You've never experienced that. We have yet to see a horror movie. I know. Yet. And so I'm like, I think I want to take this this Justin Cavender experiment and, and see what happens. Let's do it. Let's go Friday. Let's go oh, Dude, I've heard it's amazing. Because uh, it played at South By, and, and everybody's been saying, yeah, it exceeds expectations. I can see it on Friday or Sunday. I can probably see it Friday. Okay. So we'll let's figure, do it. We'll figure it out. So. Us. Well, Bryce, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, will you forgive me for that? Please? Yes. But will you trust me? Uh, no. Damn it. <laughs> You're the worst. Remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod. You got Justin there at edgyarmo. And you got Zach at zachdale60. I could throw a football over the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> or you can share your thoughts with us and we'll discuss them on our show. Heck, you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode. Just please, don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Let me take you to the desk. <laughs>